Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. E-S-N-Y. Welcome everyone back to another episode of the Knicks State of Mind podcast with your host Chip Murphy, co-host Jeff Campbell. Uh, Chip, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. Very excited for this. Very excited to start this draft series that we're doing. Have a return guest on the show today watching the Yankees. Excited for baseball season, but very excited for the draft show, man. I'm, ve- I'm very pumped to get this started. Yeah, I, I echo the same sentiment. You know, Chip and I, we did kind of like a welcome back pod a week ago, um, just kind of detailing that we were going to be starting to reach out to a lot of different assistant head coaches from the college teams to learn as much as we can about the upcoming 2022 draft class. Um, so as Chip said previously, tonight we have um, you know, a returning guest to the show, someone who is super knowledgeable about the game in general, but especially when it comes to the Auburn Tigers. So we are very pleased to have the video coordinator, Coach Ian Borders, on the show tonight to talk about Jabari Smith, Walker Kessler, maybe a couple of other Auburn players as well. Coach Borders, what's going on and how you been doing? Man, everything's been good. What a year, right? I mean, it, it was it was quite the year for those Auburn Tigers, but uh, obviously didn't didn't finish the way that we wanted to, but ultimately the goal is for the players is what to win championships and to try to get paid for what they do. And uh, we won a championship this year, and and a few of our guys have a chance to to get paid a little bit for what they do. So uh, should be fun. Absolutely, and and I want to start, um, of course, with probably the most well-renowned player on the roster, and of, of course that's going to be Jabari Smith. He's been in conversation with Paolo Bancaro, Jaden Ivey, Chet Holmgren for the number one pick pretty much the entire season. Um, just start starting off with a simple question. Why do you think he should be the number one pick when the draft rolls around in June? Listen, you, you create an NBA body and it's Jabari. You create an NBA mind, it's Jabari. You create NBA shooting, it's Jabari. I mean, it's listen. The kid is special. He he can. I'm a defensive-minded guy. Um, so immediately, my eyes are going to go there. Whereas everybody else's are going to look at his what 42 percent from three yep. at six ten, taking you know contested jumpers game in and game out because that's what we needed him to do. Um, but defensively, man, he, this kid has a lot of potential. Um, switching one through five and being able to disrupt anything on the ball and off the ball. So, I mean, he is your prototypical NBA. I hate to say big man. We call them big guards at that position at Auburn, but 
Um, you know, we've had a pretty good string with the last, I think, three, four years, I guess. We've had somebody go pro at that position every single year. Um, and, and Jabari arguably is the best out of the bunch. Why do you say big guards? Where does that come from? Because we're a four out one in. I mean, and, and we have, um, although we do try to use mismatches quite a bit within our offense, um, that position, the Chumo Kikis, the Isaac Okoros, the JT Thors, the Jabari Smiths, next year maybe Yoan, um, Trey Ayer, you know, it, it, it's a perimeter-based position that we use more than anything to create mismatches. Um, and Jabari was the ultimate mismatch this year for sure. We talked about Okoro and Chuma the last time you were on. And I just real quick, I know I want to talk about Jabari too, but I just want to get your thoughts on what Okoro and Chuma have done so far in the league. Chuma, it was only a matter of getting healthy. Once, once he got healthy, we knew that he was – he. we personally thought that he was going to be the number three pick before he got hurt. Oh. We didn't see anybody that was bigger, better than him, and especially people saw in the tournament run when we made it to the Final Four. Um, Chuma dominated. He dominated every game um, on both ends of the floor. And so, you know, that Kansas game, I think, was kind of eye-opening to a lot of people. Um, it wasn't to us, though. And, and he shined before he got hurt in that North Carolina game. Um, but Isaac, man, we, we talked about Isaac on this podcast. Um, Isaac Okoro is a different dude now. Like, he, we played him at the four spot, and he's guarding now LeBron James, Paul George, uh, it, like any Ben, you know, um, I almost said Ben Simmons as if he played. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, it's, it's amazing watching him in the past two years and saying, yo, this dude was a freshman in college yep. two years ago. And now he's guarding the best of the best in the, in the world. Um, it's, it's been fun to watch. I know like his last game, Obviously, didn't shoot the ball quite the way he wanted to, um, you know, once the playoffs came. But trust me, he'll be, that'll be motivation this whole offseason for him, and he'll be back ready to play. The jump shot's coming along, though. Like you said, it yeah, was. It's, it's coming along. Yeah. It was something that needed a little bit of work, but he's a worker. I mean, he's just like mm -hmm. all those guys that I mentioned before. He's, he lives in the gym. I mean, he's, there's not much to him other than basketball right now in yeah. his life, and, and he's making the most of it. And, Coach, I wanted to kind of follow up with that. We know consistent with what you've told us about a lot of Auburn guys like Isaac is that um, they're no stranger to the gym, right? We know they're going to put the work in. Right. And one thing that stuck out to me when I'm doing my research on Jabari is uh, two things. I, I read an article in The Athletic that detailed um, the 6 a.m. or 6.30 a.m. workouts that he was doing with his dad in high school, um, you know, before you guys get him on campus. And then I look at his three-point percentage and three-point attempts from his junior and senior year. This guy on no less than 150 or 180 attempts shot less than 38% from junior, senior year, and then freshman year with you guys, he shoots 42. When did it become apparent, whether it was in practice or a game, that – Jabari's three-point prowess was going to be the same at the college level? Man, I, that's always a mystery, right? I mean, you bring in these high school kids. That's why so many people now, especially at our level, like the transfer portal. I personally, I'm not crazy about it because yeah. it, to me it takes away from some of the high school kids and some of those mid-major or smaller major schools that 
put all this work into the kids. And then all of a sudden, you know, they end up going to a school like Auburn, a high major, um, after all the work that they did at, you know, the coaches did at the mid-major. But that's kind of the world that we live in now. Um, but at the high school level, it's always a gamble of whether or not that those certain things are going to transfer over. Um, usually it's the finishing at the rim. Um, you know, if they're, if they're a catch and stick guy, you're going to kind of remain a catch and stick guy as long as you have that quick release to be able to get it off. You have to be able to trust your own offense as a recruiter to say, okay, our offense is going to get him these open shots with this much time. Um, but I'd be lying to you if I told you that I thought Jabari would shoot that well his freshman year. Um, it's a testament to him. It's a testament to the work that he put in. Um, he worked constantly. I mean, that's the 6 a.m. workouts continued this year without any kind of push. In fact, he was the one bringing people like Wendell Green into the gym at 6 a.m. Um, and anybody that was ready to work got the work that they, you know, needed. And I don't, I don't think there's any doubt um, that the two kind of most clutch players on our teams were the ones that were coming in early in the morning and putting the work in. Um, the work works. It's kind of one of our sayings here. And so, you know, Jabari just kind of followed in the trend of guys that, that we've had here at Auburn and been blessed to have that are grinders, man. They put in the work. They love the game. Um, and at this level, that's kind of half the battle. And if you love the game and you're going to put the work in outside of just practice, um, you know, the talent usually is there for, for most of the guys if they're getting recruited to places like Auburn. Where do you think he improved the most this year? Man, his toughness really improved. When we first got him, I, I hate to even tell him this, um, but, but we didn't think he was that tough. We, we, soft wasn't ever a word that was brought out, but we definitely didn't think that he was going to be the hardest, toughest dude on our team. Um, now, the, arguably the toughest dude on our team uh, was Alan Flanagan, who went down early in the season right. before the season even started. Um, so then we got really nervous, but we knew that we had – a little bit of, of chattered toughness with Katie Johnson coming in from Georgia. Um, and Jabari followed right along with, with that mentality of um, getting after it on the, on the court, both, you know, with his, with his mind and with his speech a little bit. So um, that was, that was kind of a pleasure to see as, as the season went on and we started playing teams like LSU's, the Florida's, these kind of physical tough teams. Um, and Jabari's down there banging with, you know, bigs that he never would have done in high school. And so um, the toughness factor for, for me was something that was a very pleasant surprise moving forward. And his dad was a tough dude. And so we kind of knew it was in his genes. Um, but, but he really he wasn't going to let anybody punk him out there, which we were a little nervous about, honestly, coming in. Yeah, his dad played in the NBA too, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And was a big in the NBA. And, and as tough as they come, I mean, he – he wasn't quite Kevin Garnett toughness, but it, I, he's pretty close. Yeah, I read that there's an article in The Ringer by Mirren Fader, obviously, who's amazing. And it's about the work ethic that his father instilled in him and basically trained him into the perfect modern day pro. He's just and, built for this. Like and with the genes and with his skill set yeah. that he already had, man, I'm telling you, that's why I said that's, he is your prototypical you know, big guard now at, at that level, like, you know, the Giannis's, the Tatum's, the, you know, these, these guys that are big that can shoot too. It's insane. Yeah. yeah. And can guard one through five. That's the yeah. defense thing. The, the defense, the defense on the perimeter is the thing, like you said, you're a defensive guy. 
that's the well, thing you're seeing that, in the, yeah out, you're seeing yeah. in the playoffs now those teams that can switch one through five and don't need to help and can yeah. still box out and get the offense like that's the only reason Memphis is even in some most of these games is because they're getting offensive rebounds off these switches from guards that can't box Clark out and I'm telling you man it's he's you know you switch him onto a big or you switch him onto a guard he's going to have the same physical mentality no matter where it is and he's going to be able to keep the guy in front um, which those teams that have those type guys right now in the playoffs are the ones that are advancing. Milwaukee too. That's, I mean, Giannis can obviously oh. can do anything. Obviously. Is, he's yeah. a freak. I mean, that, like yeah. the Greek freak is literally the perfect nickname. Cause I mean, he's yeah. freakishly big and somebody that size should not be able to move like that. It's, right. It's incredible. Coach, before we uh, move on to Walker, uh, one last question I had about Jabari. If I had any, criticisms and I'd be nitpicking because um at 18 years old the sky is really the limit for him right um 18 years old I know I would say that you know sometimes his drives to the rim might seem like a little bit of a straight line you know it could seem that they may be a little telegraphed here and there and I think if anything uh, at 610 I would love for him to get to the free throw line a little bit more than maybe he did is uh, that something that you saw with him as well? Is there something that the coaching staff specifically was trying to work on with him in that area to get him to improve? One of the best things that, that I think Coach Pearl and, and us as a staff do, and we follow his lead on this big time, um, is we try to pull out your strengths and try to showcase those strengths. Well, what's Jabari's best strength offensively? It's shooting the ball in ISO yeah. situations. Um, we did everything we possibly could. And, and, you know, the analytics for us were really good this year, but it was mainly because of Jabari. Um, you know, our transition analytics were off, off the charts. Um, and, and we did struggle some in the half court. But we, at the end of the day, we saw that Jabari shooting jump shots, either over um, defenders that are smaller than him or, um, you know, against bigs that he could go by, we were going to have – success one way or another well teams started playing them with smaller guards and so at that point we just had him shooting over the top every single time which just made sense um i would i would put it more i i don't disagree with the critique just because we tried to hide that from him some um because his lower body does need a little bit of work in in terms of being able to get down downhill and finish through contact and being able to take those extra hits and finish through them. He took the hits a lot of times, but didn't finish. Um, but he's got a real chance to, to improve in that area. And I think you said it right in terms of nitpickiness. I mean, that that's definitely an area that he can improve, but that's one that as a GM you're looking at and saying, Oh, and he works. This is going to get better by the age of 20, 21, 22. Yeah. I mean, I'll take a chance on that any, any day of the week. Um, he's got he's even so even since he got to Auburn he gained 20 pounds of muscle hmm. which on that frame I mean he can still he could probably gain another 20 as he gets older and grows still into his body um he's going to be special Plus, you look at what Evan Mobley's done this year for the Cavs and you can't Absolutely. help but be like that's the guy you want <laughs> I can shoot <laughs> yeah I can shoot I mean he's not quite as athletic as as Mobley is but um I mean, you, uh, I don't know if you saw any of his highlight dunks from the tournaments. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but his dunk against Jacksonville State was oh my god! Yeah, yeah. It, was it, it, it honestly was the highlight of the tournament. I, oh yeah, I, I mean, I really don't think that there was a, a. It was unbelievable where he took off and just the range he had with his arm. I, I told I, the, I, I told the rest of our guys. I said, man, like more than anything, that looked like a young Kevin Garnett, yeah. and and I would have never. Like, I would have compared his game more to older Kevin Garnett that could stretch it out and shoot and, you know, be able to make plays for others, ripping. And that. But that was, like, that dunk was young Kevin Garnett that I hadn't seen from him before other than in practice on a couple walk-ons, which, bless their heart, for going up and actually attempting to <laughs> um, But, yeah, that was – that one took everybody by surprise a little bit. I mean, it was special. As we uh, move on to Walker Kessler here, um, he, as I kind of go through all of my notes of games that I've watched this year and just look at stats and kind of piece together, oh, you know, guys that I think should go a little higher than maybe we're pegged. Walker Kessler is a really interesting prospect for me. Transfer from UNC, really surprised based on the season he had for you guys that he wasn't utilized more at that program I know you probably can't speak to that but he led the nation in blocks this year when did it become apparent that he was going to start for you guys I mean we we had watched him in high school and and felt really good about getting him out of high school um you know I, I don't know exactly how the story went but from everything that we had heard um he went to Duke did not have a great visit um next weekend went to UNC, was scheduled to come to Auburn the weekend after. And, I mean, we, we had – I mean, we had the red carpet out. We wanted him bad just because we knew what he would do in our system. We knew, you know, he could stretch it out, shoot a little bit. Um, and defensively, we would feed everything right to him to where he could just right. use his wingspan and block everything, really. Um, but I don't know if it was the visit at Duke that rubbed him so badly the wrong way that he wanted to go to UNC or if it was just the UNC allure. Um, because let's be honest, I mean, UNC, you know, we, after, after he decided to go to UNC and we never even got our second visit, um, we were really upset about it. And we're looking at each other at the end of the day in the office saying, man, look how far Auburn's come. We're mad about losing a five-star recruit to UNC and Duke, yeah. like we're really upset about this. And uh, so at that point, we kind of took a, you know, took a step back, um, realized that we had some really good players on, in our program still. Um, but that transfer portal is always something special. Um, and we knew the bigs that they had on that team. I mean, they have arguably three pros that were ahead of him on that team. Um, one of them ended up transferring to Mississippi State. The other one went pro, and the other one made it this past year into the finals. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, I think he wanted to get a little closer to home. Auburn is so close to Atlanta um, yeah. that, you know, that's that's the majority of – I mean, all the kids that we've talked about on here are all Atlanta kids. Um, and so that hub has been really good for us. Um, and that talent in that area has just been amazing. Well, like I said, he could shoot it in high school, but he took four threes at UNC. <laughs> so we, that was our whole pitch to him. Like, yo, you want to get back to playing like you did in high school? We got the perfect system for you, just like we did last year. We'll plug and play right now. And you, by the way, Jabari's already coming. 
And they played each other in high school. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah they had battles in high school. Yeah. Big time battles. It was fun to watch. Um, but he, I mean, he's special in terms of, you know, defensively. I, I witnessed the first two triple doubles of my life in college basketball in person. And, I mean, to get a triple double in college is insane, especially with blocks. Double-digit blocks, yeah. yeah Jesus. Twice. He did, it, he did it multiple times. Not the triple-double part, but I'm pretty sure he had at least oh, he, 11, 12, and a four. Oh, he had two triple-doubles. One, oh, one against LSU and one against Texas A&M on college game day. It's crazy. Wow. I think um, what, one of my favorite parts of his game, and I would love to hear um, what you have to say about this, is that, you know, he's physical without fouling. Like, he does a really good job of staying vertical when guys are driving to the rim. Was this something that he was just good at when he got to you guys, or did he improve in that area at Auburn? He was, he was pretty talented already in that. I mean, he had – I want to say he still held the ACC record in the tournament for blocks at UNC. Like, he got in against Notre Dame and had, like, eight blocks. Um, he's, he, honestly, he's so gifted with his offhand blocking shots. Like, uh, more than 50% of his blocks came with his left hand, which, when you think about it, is kind of insane. But people were trying to dodge his right hand by either going around or going over, and he's coming with the other hand. And his wingspan is – I mean, he's 7'1 with, like, a 7'4 wingspan. Um, you know, he used to stay after every once in a while and just mess around, and we'd play one-on-one. Man, I'm 5'8". You know, I'm the same height, same build as Wendell Green. So I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. man, I can do some of this stuff. Even at 37, I can get out there and shake these dudes a little bit. Man, I get by him thinking that I have a free reign right to the basket. And he comes and just volleyball spikes everything. Yeah, man. Insane. And even when he makes that jump, his second jump is just as deadly as the first. You think you got him. He jumps. It's, it's amazing, honestly. Yeah, just his instincts. And, and he's got great feet. So he can slide and slide, slide, keep you in front, or slide, slide, recover to beat you at the rim, which – um, I don't think there's too many play- players in this draft that have that kind of instinct. No, I was reading Kevin O'Connor was talking about him, and he was saying that it's gotten to a point where guys don't even test him anymore, which is something that people say about Gobert too, which just changes the game completely when he doesn't even need to block shots. Yet. Yeah, like just him being there changes things. Oh yeah, yeah. There was there were a lot of kickout moments where. We're telling our guys, like, you know, we had multiple scouts where we just said, don't help at all off shooters. Don't just stay connected and make them finish over Walker or try to pass it. Because his recovery, his feet were so good in recovery. Even when they dumped it off to players, he was still there to contest, which took more than more than enough off their plate because they're so worried about that block shot or getting blocked, especially on national television. I, I talk to players all the time. Not – I was little, so I hated getting blocked because that's what was supposed to happen. And it's amazing how many of these big, big guys, that's the most embarrassing things to them is getting blocked because it's a pride thing. And so once he, once he took care of one shot, there weren't too many dudes that tested him again. So it's, you know, it, it, was, um, it was a fun season to watch him just, just go to work out there. Blocked 155 shots this season. I had to look that up. And he, that's the most since... Anthony Davis blocked 186 shots in 2011-2012. I was like, and they, and they won the national title. Yeah. So I mean, that yeah, exactly. That's I think the best they probably won the, that was. Yeah, they probably won the SEC too, which gives that's probably 
seven or eight more games, you know? Yeah, so it, exactly. Like, we got knocked out in the first round of the SEC for us. Um, and then the second round in NCAA. So it's, you know, that was kind of always our thing. We're second in all time in three point makes for a season behind Villanova. The final four team was second and they were like, they beat us by like nine. Well, they had that one more game. And that, that year in the tournament, we were averaging like 12 makes, 12 three point makes a game. Um, so we, you know, we were like, damn, if we could, we could just <laughs> take care of Virginia and have one more game, we could have had a shot at it. But, um, wasn't meant to be. Jay Wright was was supposed to keep that one in the stars the whole time. <laughs> I, um, you know, we talked a little bit about it before we started recording, but that January 22nd win against Kentucky, it wasn't Walker's statistically his best game. But honestly, man, it was a game where his impact on both sides of the floor was so evident. I mean, he was incredible in the pick and roll, um, just a monster, like Chip said where guys would not even test him at the rim. Was there anything that you saw from him either pregame or in the week of practice, or you might feel like, listen, that's just Walker this whole season. But um, just, it seemed like that game and maybe a little bit before Walker went on this tear where he was getting double digit this, double digit that, and really started to get his name into a lot of um, draft conversation. Yeah, I mean, I, I think his, his kind of his coming out party was was the LSU game, the first game of SEC, because he, he had had some nice games um, going up to that, like the Loyola-Chicago game sticks out to me um, when we were down in the Bahamas. And it, it was, um, you know, our second round matchup down there, and, and he played really well. Um, but I think everybody kind of had their eye on the LSU game because at that point they were still undefeated. Um, they, they arguably were the biggest, baddest team in the SEC. Mm -hmm. um, and he came out and had a triple-double. And there were dudes that they, – they got some dudes now. They got some big yeah. dudes. Um, Tari. A whole yeah, bunch of, they, got, they got plenty of guys. I'm telling you. And, and they wanted no part of Walker down there. Um, so that, that confidence, I think, started there. Um, and he took it definitely all the way to the Kentucky game. And, we had heard the whole week, and just like every time we play, we've beaten Kentucky, I think, six straight years, um, maybe five straight years. But anyway, I think we're the only team that can, can say that over that span. Now, they've beaten us, too, and we've been lucky enough to play them twice and three times, sometimes some of the years. But um, it's hard to do. Kentucky's still Kentucky. Yeah. Um, and they got, they got a lot of dudes. Um, but one thing that, that we told Walker was we thought – um, their bigs would struggle to score oversize. Um, and we felt like their guards hadn't seen the ball pressure that we were going to put on them yet. Um, part of that was, was a little heartbreaking because Ty Ty Washington only played like the yeah. first few minutes. Yeah. Um, went down with a, a brutal ankle, you know, turn. And, and uh, I mean, that affected their team because he's a big-time playmaker for them. And, and he's just a, a smart player, a solid player that's going to give people open shots. Um, but you know, severe Wheeler still played a, a really, you know, solid oh, game. Really tough player. Um, he is, he's, he's, uh, and for a small guy too. I mean, he's little, yeah. I mean, he's smaller than me. Um, but Toppin he too. Toppin had a good game. Toppin was, yeah. Toppin, Toppin's got a real chance to be special. Yeah. This is um, the next part. Maybe not his brother special. But, <laughs> um, but man, Walker, um, you know, I think, I think all the hype with Shigway, um, you know, fueled him a little bit, yeah. uh, and, and he went out and played really well. 
what would you what would you say he needs to improve on the most going into um, the league? We know you know free throw percentage isn't great. That doesn't always concern me so much with bigs. You know that's sometimes a, a thing that they have to improve with. Um, but what would you say is the area he needs to improve with the most to take that next step? Yeah, I th- I, th- I think for him just having that mental toughness of knowing that you're the biggest, baddest dude on the court. Um, you know, the, the Arkansas game comes to mind. We played at Arkansas. Now, it was one of the rowdiest atmospheres I've ever been a part of in college basketball. Um, and it was rocking. And we were number one and or without our starting point guard at the time. Um, but we were up, I think, you know, uh, five points with like a minute and a half left. And even in that span, you know, he's, he's got a great stroke and he's got a really, really nice, nice form, every, everything about it. I mean, in practice, you know, I, he, he shoots upper forties, open shots um, in practice all the time. And so um, free throw wise, he's excellent. He's an excellent free throw shooter, but there were certain moments where, you know, uh, the moment may have been, you know, a little too big for him and, and, you know, he would go and, and miss those. And so, um, just having that confidence moving forward. I, if he, if he has the confidence and the mental toughness that I know he has in him, uh, he's going to be a, a pro for a very long time. Yeah. Um, but I'd, I'd be lying if I didn't say, you know, it's, it's, it is a big jump, especially for bigs going from, you know, college to the pros because you're, you're going against grown men. Uh, and he's still, you know, 19, 20 years old. And, um, He's he's he looks the part for sure, and he's got the the skill to do it. Um, now it's just getting a little bit of confidence, proving to himself that he could do it at that level, just like he did here uh, at Auburn. What um, there was something that you said, and it actually reminded me of um, going back to Jabari. It reminded me of something I heard about him that I wanted to talk to you about, and. Um, in that same athletic article that I referenced, there was also something that talked about the coaching staff really loving him because what set him apart from other five-star recruits was that when he did drills with you guys, he didn't go against guys that were weaker than him. He right. always went against somebody that had an edge on him. And the thing was, everyone was like, most five-star guys, like you said earlier in this podcast, they don't want to get their shot blocked. They don't want to look weak on TV. They don't want to look because they know it may potentially affect brand, draft stock, whatever it is, right? But that wasn't the case with Jabari. If you could talk a little bit about that and what you saw with him this year. He's, he's, he's the most competitive guy I've, I've ever been around. I mean, ev- everything for him is a competition, whether that's, you know, doing something on the bus, whether it's cards or some sort, you know, like a, a guess who game, or it doesn't matter. Like brush your teeth the fastest. Like it, I'm telling you, like the dude is, he mentally his makeup, everything is a competition. And so for him, he wants to prove that he's the best, not only to everybody around him, but to himself. And he's, he's not a, I can't say that he's a great loser in terms of, like, when he lo- – he, he's going to be right back in the gym the next hour <laughs> just trying to work on whatever it was that didn't go right. Like, the Missouri game comes to mind. Um, he had the worst shooting uh, that I had ever seen in a, from him in a game. He was, like, one for 13-something. Still made a huge shot late. 
um, which shows kind of where his mental toughness is. But when we got back from that trip, he stayed in the gym that night and just got shots up, even after playing at Missouri, getting home late, late at night. Wow. Um, that's just his makeup, man. He's, he just gets it now. Like even in the, uh, in the locker rooms and stuff, you know, the him and Wendell and KD would, they, they, they put bets on everything. Well, who you got in this game? Oh, I got that. No, no, I got that. Like the NFL games was where the season was hilarious in our preseason stuff because um, none of them really for real had a team. And so they were just like, oh, I got them. Oh, I got them. All right. All right. Okay, let's go. Let's get it. So everything for him is a competition. Yeah. Um, you know, just – and that feeds over into practice. It, it Being competitive in practice, which is what every coach wants in the offseason, is – is, was easy with him. Isaac was in the same mold, but we had a bunch of seniors that were competitive and had made it to a Final Four. And Isaac arguably was the most competitive in that whole group out of all the seniors. Jabari came in with a bunch of young dudes. We were still like the third or fourth youngest team in college basketball after being the youngest team the year before. Um, and he came in, asserted himself as a, as a leader immediately, um, and the rest was history. Do you think there's any underrated – we've seen so much praise for Jabari, obviously. He's going to be a top three pick. Is there any game of his, do you think, that's underrated right now? Any part of his game? Sorry. Well, I, I think everybody goes immediately to a shooting and they see 6'10", can shoot. Mm -hmm. And to me, I, like I said, I mean, there's – his defense is special. Like, that, there's a clip in a, against Alabama, a really good Alabama team that smacked Gonzaga, that – beat Baylor that, you know, I thought Alabama was really underrated all year and they had some tough losses, but um, Alabama, he starts the game, I want to say two for two. I mean, banging a three and then shooting an ISO jumper right over somebody's, one of their guys, defenders' faces. And then not three possessions later, he goes down, pins a guard that he was, he took him to the rim, pins him off the backboard, takes the ball, pushes the transition, goes down and finishes with his left hand. I mean, it's those little subtle things you just don't see from 6'10 freshmen, like true freshmen. Um, and so his ability to get downhill, we talked about it a little bit, you know, earlier. He, that was something that was extremely difficult for him to do early in the year. And as he got along, as the year went on, he got stronger. Um, and it became a game, a part of his game that he was able to, to pull out in the middle of, you know, crunch times. Um, but defensively, I, I, I think that's where he's a real gem. I, I think being able to play both sides of the ball effectively while guarding and playing multiple positions, um, you know, the guys, are, a couple scouts called me and they said, well, do you think he could play any three? I said, yeah, he could. You know, it depends what you're doing with your threes. Are you putting them in a corner and letting them just shoot? Or are they attacking downhill? Yeah. You know? um, can he guard threes? There's no doubt. He can guard point guards. He can guard threes, twos, fives. It doesn't matter. Um, so, I mean, it's, you know, he's, he's going to be really fun to watch, um, especially, especially when that time comes. My wife just pulled up. Sorry about that. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's all good. We've had um, louder noises on our podcast, yeah, believe me. <laughs> Um, one other question I wanted to ask you, I know I asked you the last time we had you on, uh, and I'm always interested to hear from teams, you know, who's the toughest guy that they played against or who was the toughest team 
that they played against. Who do, who do you think gave you guys the most fits from a player standpoint and from a team standpoint? Man, player is – that's a tough one because um, there were so many good players this year. and um, Especially in the SEC. Oh, my gosh, man. It was, it was loaded every time. Um, you know, for me, probably – Kennedy Chandler was was um Tennessee, wow yeah he was special he um he was bigger than I than than I thought like his wingspan is like six six and I, I on tape he doesn't look that big yeah that, uh, and so you know you're watching you're like okay you can do certain things against him and and disrupt him um and man everything that we threw at him just seemed to backfire in our face um because he would either finish at the rim or make the right play because his, it was almost like Jared Harper was a few years ago for us. And he's, he was bigger than Jared, but I mean, he would make hook passes over our bigs. Um, and we're like, man, how did that, how did he do that? And his wingspan was just huge. And so um, he was, he, he's got a real chance. Um, his pace of play was, was fantastic. And usually Tennessee doesn't give us trouble. I think we had beaten them like six or seven straight, like not not just years, but straight. Um, and and they beat us at their place, you know, uh, off I think by two or three. Um, the team, the team though, uh, for whatever reason, man, Florida, Florida switches everything, and and really? you know they Florida, they wow they they just bothered us for whatever reason. Um, Ole Miss is always up there too, even even though they tend to not have great teams. Um, we play them twice; they're one of our rival schools. Um, you know, SEC's got <laughs> <In> three. <air> <laughs> well, like the SEC has, um, each team has three rivals. Yeah, our two natural ones are are Georgia, which is obvious, and Alabama. Alabama. Yeah, uh, and then our third one is is Ole Miss, and that, that was always kind of a head scratcher for me, but. Um, you know, because the other two, I mean, we're so close to Atlanta and obviously Georgia and mm. everything right here. And then, um, you know, obviously Alabama's the in-state that do. But, um, yeah, in terms of player, can it, I'm, I'm trying to think of another – like, Ty, I think Ty Ty is going to be really good. Um, he just doesn't make mistakes, you know. I, they didn't play him as a, at much at point, but I think the games that he did play, he had, like, double-digit assists both games. Um, when, when Wheeler was out. So, I mean, I think, you know, I think he, he has a real chance. Um, but the teams, man, the teams this year in the SEC were just loaded. So it was, it's hard to just pinpoint just one. I think um, I have one more and then obviously Chip, you know, if, if you have any more for Ian, um, definitely get in there as well. When you look back at, at this team, who was the heart and soul of Auburn for this past season? Ooh, there were a lot of fan favorites. Um, it was a fun team to watch. I mean, it's hard to go away from Jabari. Um, Jabari was definitely our, our heart and soul. And, um, you know, somebody that our team leaned on heavily to, to, for production. Um, you know, Wendell, it's, it's funny because Wendell Green was kind of our stereotypical player. He's, you know, a little undersized chip on his shoulder, played at a mid-major first, had unbelievable numbers and, um, you know, would come down and bang a three and train. I mean, his, his whole game sort of fit what we do at Auburn. Um, and I think if you ask some of our fans, that, 
you know, I think you would get a majority of three guys, um, maybe even split three different, like literally three even ways. And it, the last one would probably be KD, just because KD's energy yeah. um, on the court is infectious. Yeah. Um, and he makes him, crazy. he's fun to watch. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. He <laughs> him, him jaw at Coach Cal during that. Tw- oh, that, that was awesome. Oh, he's that was awesome. I was like, what? Oh, well, I mean, you know, obviously he played for Tom, Coach Crean at Georgia. And um, we were like, oh, Lord, this is going to be going <laughs> um, And, yeah, he hit two threes early. And, and obviously probably can't repeat what he, what, what he was saying, but um, he was letting them know about it, obviously. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, that was a fun game. The St. Peter's Kentucky game, I'll never forget. Watching that game, that was one of that the insane, right? greatest I mean, games it was, ever. It was, uh, I mean, man, that man, Doug, Dougie, he couldn't miss. Oh, god, that every time, going, yeah, he's going to Bryant now, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, one, uh, but one more question before we let you go. Uh, I was when I was thinking about Jabari, I was thinking about this when, whenever we see elite prospects go to the uh, NBA. Sometimes we see them do some things that we didn't see them do in college, whether it's the system that the team ran or the fact that they played with so many other good players. And obviously Jabari played next to another really good big man with good big man with Walker. Is there anything that you think we might see next year from Jabari that we haven't seen yet? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think for him, he, he pushed the break quite a bit for us if he got the rebound which which he always had good numbers rebounding um he took it and pushed it um I I think seeing him in playmaking roles out of ball screens is something that is kind of next level for his evolution um because he's a willing passer and and I think a lot of times this year um I mentioned it earlier but we needed him to score we we needed him to um take on isolation situations and and take tough shots occasionally because um, one, we had built in, built in offensive rebounding for it because that's just kind of what coach Pearl does. Um, but, but two, we had really good offensive rebounders. And so we thought him taking even a contested isolation shot um, was still a pretty high percentage, but it, even if he missed it, our percentage of getting the offensive rebound was even higher. Um, and, and obviously, we, you know, everybody kind of feeds off offensive rebound, either right back putbacks or um, kick out threes. You know, those inside out threes are, are the best way, you know, to shoot threes. Um, so I think seeing him in playmaking roles a little bit more and less scoring roles, um, you could see that some next year. And, and especially because depending on what kind of team he goes to, um, you know, he might be the focal point of that offense. And so him – having to create help and having to, you know, take on double teams to kick out to other people, um, you know, is something that I think he could expand on and, and that he could utilize. That would be something if he could add that to his game too. Along yeah, with the mean, shooting you know, and the, <laughs> the defense. We use him a lot in, in where he would set a screen and teams that would switch. We, we knew that he then would take advantage of it the opposite way. Um, you know, with we we had little guards, so teams either drop covered us or they tried to blitz our little guards and not let them pass out of it. Um, and and you know, Jabari, the couple times that we put him in ball screens, made the right play, um, and it was able to see over the defense to make the right play. And yeah. so, 
um, you know, that's kind of next level stuff. And when you watch him bring the ball up in the fast break too, and just pull up from three, like himself, like he's a guard, like just in awe. Yeah. I'm trying to remember that one of the games, I want to say it was Murray, may have been Murray state, um, a really good Murray state team. We, we played him at home this year and it was a, it was a good game. Um, but he brought the ball up at one point and some, one of their little guards went for a steal. And I mean, he hit him with like a tween behind the back that looked like as natural as a point guard would do it. And all of us kind of looked around like, Oh shit. Like <laughs> that's, that was different. That was, yeah. that was a little bit more next level type stuff. Not 18 year old freshman. <laughs> so, um, you know, his game still has some evolution to it, um, and that's a scary thought. Yeah, it's wild how young he is. He's young, He's significantly younger than Chet, but he's also younger than Paolo, too. Yeah, oh, no doubt. And, yeah. and, and uh, I don't know either one of those two personally, but I, mm-hmm. I feel like it'd be hard to get more mature than, than Oh, that. yeah, from everything you read about him and then you watch him on the court, he's clearly a mature kid, he gets for, especially it. for his age, yeah. He gets it, and, and – uh, you know, they're, the great ones get it, and, and, and he definitely gets it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, we can't wait to see where he lands and how his NBA story starts. Um, but uh, listen, Coach, you know, we are more than appreciative of your time here. Uh, we learned a lot about Walker and Jabari. Um, we'll be pulling for both of them. Uh, and and I'd like to say Chip and I uh, – our definite Auburn Tigers fans. So we'll be pulling for you guys in the upcoming season as well. Thanks again for some of your time tonight. Hey, listen, we one of our assistants is from up top, up in Newark. So, listen, we'll take we'll take all the oh, Northern nice. Shit. So, yeah. I all right. From, yep, Newark, New Jersey. So, um, we, we always try to keep a little bit of. It's been mainly Philly kids as of late, but we try to keep a little bit of North Northern vibe to our team. So. That's um, good. Those good. kids are tough, no doubt. So it's yeah. good to board with all these Atlantic kids. Yeah, good. <laughs> I appreciate you guys, though, man. Thank you for having me on again, and, and I look forward to the next time. Anytime. Enjoy the rest of your evening, and uh, we'll talk soon, Coach.